Hey, man, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl. Howdy, my riders, and welcome to the Badam Chain with Carl, man. If you guys are listening in your car, be safe, going to work or coming from, relax, take a load off with CR3, man. I usually do. <laughs> oh, man. Feeling good, man. You know, like I really haven't really, you know, drank for like a, a couple months, you know, been doing the, the riding the sober train. And by sober train, I mean sober. So I'm enjoying that ride. And, you know, it's a weird thing that I have all this time now. Right. If you guys know what I'm talking about and those of you guys that take some time off from drinking. So what did what I do at this time? Well, I've been um, buying books. I have all these books. And one thing I found about um, books is that buying books is way more fun than reading books. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Hopefully some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I love going and looking for books. You know, that's one of my favorite new things to do. So I'll spend, you know, four hours in McKay's just looking at books. And, and, I, and I collect all these books. I hoard these books. And I might read one of them, maybe, you know, if we're lucky. But I don't know. Just an, an observation I've had. I'm feeling good and I have all these books. So there's that. Cool. All right. You still there? Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, let's get going, man. My guest this week is Corey Perry. Everybody in Nashville loves Corey Perry. And why not? Corey Perry is a very lovable person. Uh, one of my favorite people on the scene, one of my very favorite comics, and had the pleasure to rap with this gentleman for a while. And I hope you enjoy the conversation and enjoy this funny, funny man. Corey's the kind of guy that that you want on your comedy show. And we had him on our comedy show and hope to have him on many more in the future. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my man, Corey Perry. Here to have some fun, guys. I'm not a typical black person. I can't drink Hennessy. <laughs> can't, can't do it. Uh, went to visit my father. A few weekends ago, and he was like, son, let's listen to some Al Green and drink some Hennessy and let's catch up. I was like, all right, cool. I can do that. So me and my old man, we drink this whole fifth of Hennessy, right? We get loose, we get to cutting up, having a good time, right? I wake up with a hangover, he wakes up making breakfast, right? <laughs> right, it's, he embarrassed me for the whole rest of my family, man. He was like, uh, my mom was like, he's all right. He's all right, he's sensitive. He's sensitive. My dad was like, nah, he do too much white people shit. <laughs> I'm like, dad, we just going to brunch. I don't see what the problem is. I don't see what the problem is, right? He doesn't know the magic of like mimosas and crepes. <laughs> you know what I mean? My dad never had the option to get drunk at the beginning of a day and say, fuck the rest of the day. <laughs> Corey Perry, man, I ain't seen you in a long time. How you doing? It's been a bit. I mean, it's been since like before Christmas, has it? Has to been. Has to been. Yeah, it has to been before Christmas. Like, yeah, man. Uh, like maybe one of the last East Room shows. Maybe. Yeah. Most likely. Maybe the last time. Yeah. Or like a random night, and I came to the pub, kind of dropped. 
unless it's one of those two things. Not you, man. You wouldn't yeah. do that. Boy, would I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start. I want to start this thing off with 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 a banger. Check this question out. I thought about this right before we started. I want to ask right. you, uh, what was your favorite part about this pandemic? Oh man, uh, honestly, is not having to go to work every day. Like, yes, I got one of the jobs, so I can uh, work from home. So, oh, like, bro, man, I mean, I hate to rub it in your listeners' noses, but it is. I'm wearing sweatpants right now. <laughs> That's your office attire. It's my office attire, right? I'm in the hoodies with pants. And I don't even turn my camera on unless it's necessary, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's been like that for a solid year now. You know, it took some adjusting. You know, I had to, like, I reorganized the space to get, you know, because, uh, you know, remember when this thing started, it was going to be like just a couple weeks or, you know, then turned to a month. And here we are, you know, 56 some odd weeks later yeah. <laughs> and and we're still doing it. So, you know, uh, once I got the got in the flow of like, OK, being comfortable working in my living space, too, I was like, that's probably the best part. Yeah. Uh, the pandemic for me, you know, that yeah. not like, you know, not having a, I can't remember last time I, I buy gas like once a month, you know, <laughs> when the thing started, like at least no, when the pandemic started, I, I bought gas like right before it started. And I remember ha- leaving the house so few times, mm-hmm. like between March and late May, like it's only got one tank of gas the last week. 60 or it's last me 80 or you know 60 some odd days oh my god it was crazy, it was crazy. yeah for sure yeah well. man i saw an article you mentioned working from home i seen an article recently and they're they were debating on like is this here to stay you know i think it is man i really think it is i think it's gonna be really tough to get people who want to who want to go back to work sure you know uh, uh in a sense of like I, you know, like workplace can be anxiety riddled, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's kind of designed that way. I think. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. You know? And I think, and you know, and I think work from home sort of takes the French Ben Franklin laissez-faire attitude with it as far as like, I can be way more productive at home. Mm-hmm. Like then I could be just having to, you know, worry about who's next to me or what, Draw me a cop correspondent in the in the break room, or <laughs> yep. you know, like you know, who got drunk at the happy hour, you know, and then like show their ass, and this guy show their face on Monday, you know, what I mean that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like the, the stressors of just being amongst people within the workplace, you know, yeah. you know, like for my work, I'm just like on a on a like a messaging app. And then I use Zoom and then like emails. That's it, you know. That's and the rest of the time I'm like, all right, I can just like I can go outside and yell if I want to, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, during the summer last year, I was like, well, you know, what? I take a quick dip. Yeah, cool. I want right. to, you know, like I just like all right, cool, refresh, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's so much more comfortable being at home. But I can understand like folks who like, you know, I'm a single guy too, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So like. I don't have that home life, you know what I mean? People got children and and wives and stuff and it's like and other other people living with them. Me, it's just like kind of just with myself. Yeah, you know, yeah. 
or you know, it's a whole different part of the house. So I'm like, I just have like this basement. We can't see it because it looks like the backdrop of the library. It took, it took me a minute. Yeah, yeah. You got that yeah, backdrop. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. It's like, yeah. Uh, I see what you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I watched that show when the pandemic started. It's like uh, I watched it before. But I was like, Netflix should just put it on. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Let me just go ahead and give a full-on series watch through because I don't think I saw like the fifth or sixth seasons. So when the time came, I was like, you know what? I, I like a Zoom background and mm-hmm. you know, instead of the stock ones. I was like, you know what? Everybody, like, I know people use like the Office. I was like, community is more my jam than like the Office. Yeah. So, so that's, that's what my power lies, you know. Chevy Chase on that show, right? I mean, bro, right? Ridiculous. He's like, like first two seasons, what a monster he was. But like mm-hmm. he, like I can see why Chevy Chase was like, you know, a polarizing fig- figure in comedy. You know, what I'm saying is uh, either is revealed. You know, what I mean, people love it. You know, people think of like Vacation and Fletch, yeah, and all that. And then like he's also. You know, yeah, because like, because of uh, what's some other terrible Chevy Chase movie? Vegas Vacation. Uh, <laughs> oh, you don't Chevy like that? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> only part. All right, all right, all right. The only part of Vegas Vacation that I can remember mm-hmm. and uh, is uh, the scene when he's at the casino, right, and he's at the slot machine. Yeah. I want to say with the old guy, right, and he's talking to him about life and whatnot. And then the old guy just nods off, right? That's right. Just, just hit, the guy dies, right? And he hits a jackpot. And he goes to steal his ticket. And then the guy wakes up, I win the money. I win, like, and then passes out again. And, like, does it, like, three times. And then yeah, that's right. Out. Yeah, so, it, you know, jokes like that. <laughs> Actually, the, the, the old guy was a comedian named Sid Caesar. And I, I'm reading that, that book that came out a few years ago, The Comedian's. Yeah. I found it for cheap at, at McKay's. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. And it's completely thorough, like too thorough. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like to the point where it's like, there's no way anybody can retain all this information. But they keep bringing back Sid, Sid Caesar and the importance of him back in, you know, yeah. 50s or whatever. Oh, but man, but well, when I was reading that, that's the only image I could think of is Vegas Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> that's really my only okay. Sid Caesar like right. reference. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, man. You ready to get down to business here? Let, let's, yeah, let's backtrack with Corey Perry, man. Like I ask yeah. comics this all the time, but I, I've been curious for a long time about your story and your path into getting to comedy. Where did that begin for you? Man, man it started. Uh, Someone's all I had to do. You know, I met. So I just moved to Nashville and, uh, you know, I've been a fan of comedy like my whole life. Like I, I grew up watching, uh, BT Comic View, like every night before bed for like ages. And then as my palette changed, I was still watching that, but like Comedy Central came into play and like Jim Brewer hosting Premium Blend and like all those specials, like Comedy Central hit a stride there when I was just putting just, just comedy was a stand was everywhere, right? I remember with Comedy View particularly, right? I would reenact the jokes the next day in school. Yeah. You know, uh, like me and my friend, we'd just be laughing, cutting up about it, right? Uh, but how I got started was uh, I met some friends in Nashville, maybe this is back 20, I would say it's 2013. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe late 2012, something like that. And then I 
these guys were like one of them was uh, into filmmaking. Other guy was in a, like you know. I just moved here, started selling insurance. Just like you know, hey, I'm just out here about you know, just not knowing how to live life and just figuring out how to be an adult on my own. Yeah. But like truly, truly for the first time. Uh, so you know, I was just out mingling and meeting people. People and they were like, man, why don't you try it? You know, I was like, what do you always want to try? It was one thing. Want to try? You never got, you know, you never had to try. And it's like, you know what? Stand for me. I think I want to try that. Mm -hmm. I want to try that, right? And you know, and that was like a one-off conversation. And then, like some weeks later, they hit me up and say, "Hey, we're going to the the Mercy Lunch for Open Mic. Would you want to come?" And just, hey, I know you want to try this out. Let's let's check it out and see what it is. Right at that point, I've never been to Open Mic before. So we went, uh, and it was in a billiard room at Mercy Lounge. It was, uh, I forget the name of the mic, but Gary Fletcher was hosting. Then I saw people who were signing up, and my friends were like, dude, just sign up. Just sign up. Just sign up. Just sign up. He's like, you ain't got, like, I ain't got nothing to say. Whatever. Just sign up. Do it. Just see how it feels. Just see how it feels. And it was like, all right, cool. Sign my name. And I may go like, I think it was like 16th or 17th uh, on the list. One thing I could think about was the last time I was at the Mercy Lounge and that in that Mercy Lounge catering area and I just told a story about how I got racially profiled and kicked out of a childish Gambino show. Almost. Almost. But I've told it in a real funny way. You know, I think I told it in a real funny way. I got laughs, I got vibe, you know. I had just watched Tracy Morgan's uh special where he sits down the whole time. So I, I sat down the whole time. My first set. Uh, <laughs> I was sitting on the stool. I was on the stool. They tired in my first set, and then I got off stage, and then it was like, all right, cool. And then, like you know, enjoyed the rest from it. And then we went back a few weeks later. Uh, where actually was some material kind of prepared. Tried that, got a good reaction. It's like all right, cool. And then just slowly but surely, you know, uh, facing you know the anxiousness of trying something new, and just like building a and forming a new habit. Cause at first it was me. It was like, all right, this is a hobby. You know, mm-hmm. at that point I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to do my professional insurances and like do my, get my jollies doing stand up, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then like, you know, I would go every other week or like get in my own head and like go for months you know, over a course of like, you know, maybe a year or so. Yeah, and then uh, and at that point I was like meeting people and like you know people you know and seen like you know and I remember this is maybe like six seven months in for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember going to Beyond the Edge and I was I met this comic I cannot remember her name. She's from Toronto, but she had pink hair at the time, like pixie cut type stuff, whatever. Right, mm-hmm. strong woman. I could tell she, you know, she probably wrestled a dude. That's I mean, not the shade <laughs> on her, but she she had a lot going on physically. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, and I was, you know, at that point, right, we were just doing mics where we could. So, like, at that point, the East Room was up and running, like maybe, uh, you know, Cult Fiction on the Ground, Josh and the Collis mic, hopefully funny. I think mm-hmm. at that point, may have been like at the, at the Cult Fiction on the Ground and like moving to different venues every week, you know. At that time, like a lot of people were looking to try comedy and looking to people willing to give spaces for it too, you know. Even if it was just like, hey, I have a I wrote this place with my roommates. We would love to have you guys come and like hang out, drink beers, and just tell jokes and figure it out. Yeah. And work on it together. So he's on 
got in the, in the workshop aspect of it, right? Workshop and all. This. I remember going to be on the edge, meeting this woman, and she said to me, "You don't know what kind of comic you are until you've had a hundred sets." And I was like, "Okay, you know what? That's that makes sense, right?" I'm very goal. I think I'm goal oriented. Yeah, like I think I have benchmarks. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless it's like, I'll be on the journey. You know what I mean? I think this thing is a journey, but once you have like a benchmark to reach, okay, cool, let's get to there and then figure out what the next thing is from that point. Absolutely. So at that point, I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to engross myself and or at least as best I can focus on getting 100 sets. Yeah. You know, it took, so, me about a year, yeah, it took me about a year and a half to do it. Now it's kind of like a light bulb uh, moment for you when she said yeah, that. Yeah, it was very, yeah. It's like, aha moments. Like, all right, cool. Now I can like, track this you know what i mean at that point on instagram was new i was like take a picture of each stand up and be like all right this is this night i was whatever right and reached the point was just like it's more it was more than like i just stopped doing it all together because like all right that thing's done i lost track of how many sets i've done and in like my my how long has it been eight years oh jesus yeah uh doing, <laughs> like, right it's eight years of like trying this out doing it and like you know and, and making my own way at it. So, you know, that was, you know, and yeah. And, and hopefully in like 12 years, here come the riches, but we'll see. Yeah. That's how I got started, man. You know, just on like a lark. If that's easy to work right. You know, I'm like, Hey, you want to try this? We're here with you. I asked the friends to support you. And then it got to the point. I was like, I'm doing it on my own. And then at some point it became part of my identity. Yep. And then once I think once, I think that's a, a switch a comedian has too. If like, all right, I'm identifying myself as a comedian. Like, I'm not, I'm not just a guy. I'm just like, all right, this is what he's like. Start identifying yourself as that mentally. Then I got to a real shift in like your mentality when it comes to performing, or even just being in rooms, or uh, you know, or just like being around the scene. You know, sort of. Yeah. And at that point, like, it become it became a little more comfortable, but then like. And then a boom happened and like, you know, a lot of new comments came into town or they started here in town. So I'm like, you know, hey, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, right. at that yeah. point, it, did you feel like an old head at that point? It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like old head at all. Because there's homies older than me out here doing it. So, you know, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I feel older in the sense I've been doing it longer. Yeah, it's all, man. Like you know yeah, I mean? that's yeah. what I meant. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sense I've been doing it longer, but like, you know, I can't. That's a unnecessary pressure you to put on myself, you know. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's like it's it's like, you know, it's it's like the last thing I should be worrying about. It's like, all right, I've been doing it this long, but a, and this person here has been doing it maybe half the time or even less amount of time. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm gonna talk about me being funny. You know, what I mean, that's like that's yeah. you know, what I mean, that's a struggle for me. It's like, all right, cool. How can I be the funniest me? There it is, man. Like is. Uh, you sound like. After your first sets and whatnot, you still had like a comfortability there, like right out of the gate. Oh, bro. Is that true? Man, it was like sweating bullets, man. What? Oh, yeah. Like when you yeah. started. Okay. When I started, dude. It was like, you know, people said, oh, Corey, your hands are clammy. I was like, yeah, stay clammy. I was all, I'm always nervous before I get on stage. Okay. You know, to uh, this day, you're still nervous? To a degree, yeah. Especially yeah. if I'm like, I'm trying new tags and stuff. I'm like, oh, buddy, what's going to happen? See, like, I, you know, I never would have guessed uh, that. I never would have guessed that from you, man, because you always seem, if anybody's cool as a cucumber on stage, it's you. Oh, you know bro, I mean? I'm like, I'm pumping myself up. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, 
you ever see uh like I'm like Marlon Lawrence shadow boxing in 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 the in the green room. Like in that in that back out that back out in that back hallway of the issue before every time I'm yep. going up, I'll be like back there just like jumping up and down. It's like <laughs> I got I'm just nervous energy, you know what I mean? Just yeah. gonna be like be able to like channel it, you know. Yeah, for uh, sure. You know, I think it, it took a while to get comfortable on stage because like, you know, that's I mean like that's a there's definitely uh Thank you, by the way, for saying I'm the comfortable stage. Oh no, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I think I think anybody that 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 seen you would agree yeah. to that you for know, sure. It's just like uh, you know, you just gotta be sure of what you're saying. I think to the degree, or sure in the moment, mm-hmm. or like I want, I'm you know, it took a while to the, to be present on stage. Someone said, "Hey, just be there," you know, like you know those little things you hear in conversation with the comics, like just just hey. Hey, don't worry about it. Don't rush it. Just do it. Just do it. If you ain't got enough, cool. Get off stage. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you got enough, cool. Get off stage. All right, go back, look at it again, listen back to it again, or just remember it over and over again. And visualize it too. You know, you got to see yourself delivering the jokes and how you want to do it. So you gotta like, yeah, you gotta you gotta come there with a certain like expectation of yourself that is manufactured, and then, like once you once you identify or manifest like that feeling and then it, you become that feeling, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're nervous on stage, people are going to read that, you know, but if yeah, you're for sure. trying to act like you're having fun on stage, people are like, all right, this guy looks like I, all right, I trust him. You know, I can get him <laughs> on my side. He's, he's my jam, you know? It goes back to that mindset you said earlier about like when you started thinking like a comedian, do you remember when you started doing that for yourself? Did things seem to get easier for you or was it? Well, it just, I think it took a while for me to learn the anatomy of a joke. Okay. Uh, I think like first, maybe first 18 months, I would just like, just come up with long stories or just like have big premises that don't have a punchline to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember at the Eastern Open Mike, Brad Edwards, when I got, got off stage, it's like, hey buddy, man, just how about you write a punchline every once in a while? And I was like, Oh, that's like you know. Like, See, I only I've only heard about Brad hosting that, but I heard he yeah, could be, yeah, he could be pretty sh- he could be pretty sharp with his comments. Pretty sharp with his <laughs> with his comments. It's uh, you know what I mean like you know if he was still hosting the issue, it would be a totally different place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the issue was a totally different like because you know his he was also moody too. It's like <laughs> you know like he was like it was really dope host. You know, he was like really like okay, he's a pro. He's like the most pro guy we've seen in the room. He got moved like one. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's for formulaic and just wanted everybody to be better too. That's why he ribbed us when we got off stage a whole lot. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think a lot of people will feel confident about being roasted as soon as you get off stage. You know, about you know, people are so sensitive out here. It's just like oh, yeah, buddy, sure. you know, if it was bad. Brad let us know it was bad. I think he created a great environment for a lot of people who started here in Nashville to, you know, hey, got a room, do it. Same thing with Chad, same thing with, you know, a lot of folks years ago. I'm just like, all right, cool. We, we're we in it. Let's do it. Yeah. And, you know, figured out as we were going, you know, make spaces. Some of us have, are not doing as much as we'd like to or like for them to or anymore. So, you know. Like going back to Brad, too, like I think that builds a trust, too, that if he's able to, cut you like that that's goes further i think than just saying oh good job you know what i mean yeah yeah oh we're for sure we're sure because he's also <laughs> sweet to you 
He's also sweetie before the show, also yeah. sweetie after the show. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if if somebody may have caught something win or felt bad way about something, Brad always would always come up to you after this show and actually be like, Hey, you know what I meant by I said that, you know, I've yeah. done it to me a couple of times. So it's like cool. you know, so I know he's had a hand in a lot of us our development in the scene. So or in the natural scene. So Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah, man. Hopefully I'll have him on here one day, one of these days. I, I think Patrick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Patrick, he's retired now. He's, now he's like he's dead yeah, that's, now. That's what I hear. Yeah, yeah. RIP. You know. But yeah, I remember yeah, you know. pa- Patrick Devine wanted to be. He wanted me to ask him two questions. He said, uh, "Why don't you do music anymore? And why don't you do comedy anymore?" <laughs> that, Patrick said for you to ask him if you were having one. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. I'll have I'll have you those ready. Say, for you. You, bro, you got to say these questions came directly from Patrick Devine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's not me, man. It's not me. I swear. It's not me. It all came from Patrick. This is, take your beef up with Patrick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some user submitted or oh, some fan submitted questions. <laughs> Patrick Devine asked. Yeah. He has a two part. So, Brad, two part question for you. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, th- that has to, be, has to be the way to do that one, I guess. Yeah, that's the way. Right. Yeah. All right. So, I want to talk about like your style again because. There's that comfortability on stage, but also, uh, and I talked with Evan Norman about this and his ability to use space. Uh, Evan Norman aside, you're the other person that I think of when I think of uh, the right way to use space in comedy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, unlike Evan, where Evan's, there's still like a little tension and he uses that for laughter. You're so comfortable and laid back with your approach that you put that ease of space you know what i mean like nobody's laughing in between the space yeah yeah you know what i mean oh yeah it's like because i the, trust you to use that space yeah yeah okay yeah. okay just like playing with the silence exactly playing, yeah, with, the yeah, silence. playing with the silence playing with the silence yeah and, and, yeah and with that said like i think you're the best at that because i've never seen anybody really do that with authority you know what i mean like very confident in your, oh, your space because most comics can't shut up because they they're afraid of space yeah, and you embrace it. I just wonder, was that a slow development for you? Is that something you caught on to a little early on? Well, that's a good question, Carl. Because like, I don't know when I started doing that. I don't know when, but I remember having like I can't remember. Maybe I was talking with Evan, or maybe I was talking with somebody else. And you know, and like some nights you don't have you don't have anything written, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna play with silence. I'm just gonna play with it. I'm just gonna like hang out, not let the quiet. I'm not desperate for the laughs, essentially, yep. right? When I'm with, when I'm like that, so I'm able to like ease and then like maybe do some nonverbal stuff. You know what I mean? Like maybe like, and the issue is perfect because like you know, people can see, so I like, can see like a dramatic eyebrow raise or or like a the right kind of shoulder shrug. And even when I was bombing sometimes, and I would just do it. I would just like play with it, say something, just like, like I'm, I got all day, you know what I mean? With with <laughs> you know, with that. We really only have like four minutes and be like, oh shit, what how much time I got left? Oh yeah, I go, all right, cool. Bye. You know. I think I started making that a conscious exercise, right? Mm-hmm. And I think like I think for me, comedy is all about timing. You know what I mean? It's like you can say a joke, but like how you say it, when you say it, emphasis of what you say it, you know, how you feel it. How you fill the space, right? If you if you can like you know, an ellipses in the right place works, you know. Uh, you know, just something I just like you know, just like play with, you know, and just like see how 
let me look at folks. Let me feel them. You know what I mean? Like, say something, let it breathe. Let's talk with Brad Steve about this. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like, back away from the mic every once in a while. You know, in situations like that, too, I'm going to be able to make sure I get all the laugh I can out of the joke, too. So I do that, too, not to step on the next joke or that last joke. You know? That's smart, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, just, like, being able to practice and, like, that comes to being comfortable on stage. I think that's part of the practice, too. Just like, well, I'm engaged. This is going to be an exercise. Like, I think time each set is exercise, each open mic rep is an exercise, you know. And then what I'm going to accomplish with this exercise and how I'm going to allow myself to feel during, afterwards, because of what happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, every, you know, sure, it may appear to be a bomb, but it wasn't totally failure because, like, you got something from it, you know. Something you tried it, it didn't work, or... Okay, I like doing this. Let me play with this. This is, I like doing it, you know. So, it's, you know, it's just like trial and error for a long period of time. Yeah. And like, that's one thing you've never been afraid of. And like, I know that some comics, uh, they don't use open mics as a time to experiment. And that's the best time to experiment. Best right? place, man. Best yeah. Place. And like, best place. one night I saw you just move a microphone stand right to the side, but then you'd move it like eight times. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So like your first minute without even saying anything, you know, you you had the audience though, you know, because they're, they're like, what's he do? Well, comedy is silly too, right? It's yes. like think of something silly to do. Why not just do something silly? <laughs> do you remember like there for a while where you're doing like the James Brown thing? Oh um, yeah, yeah. You know? I've that power, I like I abuse it occasionally, you know, and I was like, hit me. Oh, oh yeah. I like that. I think the first thing was my because it was my birthday. That's right. It was my birthday. I went up and I was like, hey, guys, can I do BJ? Right? Yeah, yeah. I remember you, you whispered right beforehand. He's like, hey, hey, yeah, follow me. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's just being playful and it worked, yeah. you know? And yeah, it's you know, shit like, like that. You know? Yeah, it's kind of that meant to be taken seriously. It meant to be a fun place, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> it to be a fun place. That's a good, that's a good segue for my next question. A fun place. So let's backtrack a few summers ago, um, pre-pandemic, you know, and I know that you were responsible for getting a handful of Nashville comedians oh, yeah. FaceTime at Bonnaroo. Do you want yeah, to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, 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 no, yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, so uh, I I just happened to, you know, it's like, you know, people who know people who are like, yeah, man, we love to, we would love to see what, what's possible, you know. I remember running into... Um, a friend of mine at Crying Wolf, who's uh, uh, one of the proprietors of Fort Houston, and uh, they they do some sponsorships, some contract, you know, work with with uh, with the people who do Bonnaroo as far as like setting up tents and like setting up like uh, different installations and stuff like that too on on the festival grounds, and they were opening up a new. Uh, a new extra pod thing, you know, like if you've ever been to Bonnaroo, it's like, sure, there's like the main festival where all the shows are happening too, but there's a lot of different stuff going on in that, but also outside of it and around it. So like there's, there could be like uh there's a forest that has like a morning meditation every morning or uh like one spot did a, uh, just like a, a sound bath situation, yeah, and like okay. uh, and a yoga type stuff, and like, and on the way of the cro- across to the property, there was like, uh, 
you know, other hippie, other things, other hippie shit, you know, other hippie shit, just like (laughs) around, you know what I mean? It's like this shanty town built around this, this monument of, of hippiness, you know? Uh, So they were built like, they had like one of those uh, uh, AC tents they were putting out there for a new, new experience and whatnot. Right. One with like a light show at night, you know, stuff like that, you know, and, friend hit me up and said, or I ran to him at Crime Wolf. And I think it was after, I think it was after Eddie's open mic. And he was like, hey man, we would love to see if we used to come examine Bonnery, right? Because I think I remember maybe Bonnery two years before that, I signed up for an open mic at Bonnery. It was okay. like, like a mix, like a poetry music jam type situation. And I was like, well, fuck yeah, I'm going to sign up for it. You know, just because like I can say I did this at Bonnery, right? Right. And then the next year, or two years later, this happens, right? So, um, I, you know, we link up, and they give me like full carte blanche to have as many people as as I can have on. Uh, so, and it was like so close because it was like, you know, Bonner was like the first weekend in June, and this was like April. When this was like, oh, we gotta get tickets for everybody. We gotta get like camping, you know. I mean, you gotta get all the logistics stuff and like sort of had to be a producer and put my producer hat on and be like, all right, cool logistics. Who needs what? Can we work together? Can we like do that too? You know, and like give them the coordinate with my people too. So you know, it was it was a really fun time. So we got to do four shows, uh, about an hour and a half each day of the festival. Uh, the, the and how it trended was. Uh, Thursday, I was a little nervous. Friday was cool. Saturday, we peaked. Saturday, we were down because everybody was partied out. Yeah. And it was like, it was a bunch of Eeyores telling jokes. And everybody was like, everybody. <laughs> and like, we had like, we had like, necessarily like, we had like a, it was primetime too. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon mm. each day of the festival. Mm-hmm. So it was like, your headliners are going to be out. People like if you're in the festival, you want to see somebody particularly, you just want to hang out for the day, do what, whatever, right? Yeah, so, even if you want right, some shade, you know, because it's in a tent. Shade in the AC tent. Yeah, what you got jokes coming at you for the next hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Court, I mean, like, uh, I saw photos from it. And I was like, man, we were literally stepping over people, uh, and and all of us were telling jokes. So it was just cool, man. It was in comedy had been at Bonnaroo. Uh, like he's in Senaru for a couple of years at that point too. So like you know, to be the first comedy acts, you know, comedy shows at Bonnaroo yeah. in like a few years, that's something I can definitely I'm very proud of. You know, it's you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's not a big deal because like we still got the next, we got to find the next gig. We still yeah, got to sure. find the next gig. So you know, it was just fun to do. And I'm glad to share that with like you know a lot of a lot of the national comedians. We get the we get the pleasure to come. So. Yeah, that, that was um, what a great I, feather in your cap, you know what I mean, to be able to yeah, man. And, assemble that. And I think, and we all got closer, you know. We, you know, it was one of those things, you know. You bring it, you hear people we see the open mics with every week, and they do shows with all weeks all the time. It's like I just wanted to bring the homies down, um, you know, and, and see what uh, and see what mission we can get up to. So, so like lately, I think you're starting to come back and trickle. There's starting to be some shows coming back now, and hey, I man. think. Yeah, shows are happening. So, so, you, you know. so you're you're back at it, like hitting the bag, right? You're out there yeah, doing the man. thing. I'm not hitting the bag as, as much as I need to. I hear to you. Be honest with you, uh, but you know, opportunities are coming up here and there. 
you know, uh, I just did Josh Black's Josh Black and Friends. Uh, That's right. You did that, uh, man. Congratulations. And I was on the zany stage and I it, it sold out. And yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw the pictures of it, man. It looked like a good time. man. How was that for you, man? It was a good time, man. You know, um, it was a really good time, you know, and the stuff I've been working on over the pandemic and what's the set list, you know, as it is now, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, couldn't have worked any better. You know, I got two tapes out of it too. So, you know, oh, that's great, man. Stuff, make clips, start sending them. Let's get, because I now 20, nothing's opening back up. I need to get on my businesses more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I need to get on my, I need to get on my, all right, let me go ahead and send clips out here. Let me send dates. Let me be available to, you know, fill my calendar and get out and and do things once, like, once I'm all vaccined up. I guess. No, that's so, good, man. Uh, I'm happy for you, man. Like, it's, how, how are those shows? Out, how, how are those shows out there right now? Like, is it? Oh, man, shows are great. I just did, uh, I did Disc Insider. Uh, for Dewey Comedy over That's Kaylee, right. Kaylee Brad hosted that show. I did like the one this month, uh, yeah, one in March and one in, in, in February. The both the one February was like water wall people. Oh, that's great. Uh, man. you know, what I mean, one in, in was with a bigger crowd, you know, people are showing up for things, you know. I think I just I did show Brad a few weeks ago with a local distro. Like early February, and I was like, "It's tight in there, but it worked," you know. Yeah. Uh, so like things are happening as as long as you know, as long as people are ready for it, and you know, as long as things are promoted, it's all good, you know. Yeah. Time sure. wise, long, so. Man, I know before yeah. before the shutdown, you and and Chance and Matt Boyd had that. Y'all were all co-hosting that show at the Crime Wolf. Do you have any plans on bringing a show back? Because you know you're a good host and. You, this town needs more uh, uh, shows, man. I want to say, like to state for the record that Matt Boyd, you are no good motherfucker. No, I'll just play it. Oh, no, he ain't listening no. anyway, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's too busy down uh, there doing Texas stuff. He's too busy doing his own thing. He's too busy doing his own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. We because we had we had the Good Job Boys plan the week of the tornado. Uh, oh, we had the we had the very like. Because we just did a Valentine's one, two, and things were like, we're going to pick up, you know? Mm-hmm. I think once things pick back up, I think I want to host another show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, something maybe not too too often. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Also, I'm doing yard shows here this summer in my backyard, so I'm not. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was there at the. You know, the big venue, you know, so, you know. That makes sense. We'll just have to see, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, like, I would love to have like a monthly show. I think, I think I'm ready for one. To be honest with you, dude. You know? I mean, now's the weather to do those. You can do one at the house, right, like you right, said, man. a little pool party. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, see, we gotta make sure we don't get canceled at this comedy pool party. That's the main thing too. So, yeah, things gotta be up and up, and it's gotta be on an up and up. Oh, yeah. but it's gonna be a good time, man. I think it's gonna be a good time. It's like things get finalized, plans get settled. You know, my minds get right, righted. Yeah. You know, so I'm very, I'm not very a long term guy, to be honest with you. So, like, okay, that that was gonna be very, my next question. I live question. in a very now. I live very in the next. You know, what's the next twenty one day cycle looking like? You know, like the furthest date I got booked on my calendar is like June for a dentist appointment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not bother we got announced. Maybe September is like the furthest thing I know I have where I'll be. 
So, you know, when I coach me, I'm a very spontaneous person. You know what I mean? I like to go with the flow of things. So, like, you know, I hate to make plans and find something better and then cancel plans I already made because I found something better. No, yeah, you know, that makes I sense. I mean, selfish. That sounds extremely selfish. You know what I mean? But, like, <laughs> it sounds selfish, non-committal. This is why I'm 33 and single. Uh, <laughs> it was like making plans, making plans. It's like, ah, man, these plans look way better over here. I'm gonna play sick and die. I hear you. you know, I've caught out sick on plans before and work too. So, one more question for you, man. Like, ever thought about bringing your uh, throwing your podcast hat back in the ring? Because I know you and Chance were doing the new hotness. Yeah. Well, man, like, I'll tell you the truth, man, I'm not too savvy, man. Like, I, uh, I want to do my own podcast. Right. I think I think I think I'll just have fun with a different outlet in the space. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, also, I want to compete with yours now. I want to, you know, I just want to be able to exist with each other. You know, we can coexist, uh, man. Okay, we coexist. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you get you get seal of approval over here. On my All right. Cool, cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like for me, it's just like. I want to. I, I think I, want, I have a vision and I want to make sure that I can do it right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think with the last podcast, I mean, chance relied on somebody else too much. And then, you know, and we, we got a lot out of it without putting that much in except for our time. And, you know what I mean? And buying the hot chicken also check shout out new hotness, uh, on YouTube, you look back, it's about yeah. three years old now at this point. So the hair looks way different. And it's all in the episodes. Um, it's the I mean, hot I chicken. To, I mean, I would love to, but like, you know, I want to be able to add something to value to this world as well, too. Mm-hmm. So I just want to be like, no talking head, you know, just like, you know, sure, uh, like, a Monday morning podcast, Bill Burr style, just talking about like whatever forever long, you know? Yeah. Uh, and just going on just like ranty type stuff too. But like, that's cool. But like, you know, I want to do something that's like a little more innovative, just like a, uh, you know, a one man situation or like having to have co-hosts and rely on him as well too, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, me and Brad have been working on something we don't know. We, we're still t- toiling, we're talking, we've filmed some, we've taped some test ones. Uh, over the fall and just having like you know things dropped off and then you know a, a more a, a spike happened and more shit happened so it's like we just haven't been able to revisit that part of it so uh, you know I I need to get in the content game more I know I know I've been like doing sketches with Zach Townsend uh, here here to begin a part of this year uh, Zach's hilarious it's a great it's a funny writer and when we're getting a room together it's like anytime where it's like me and him like we just did one back in February, uh, uh, Black History Month, and he. Was, oh, I haven't seen that one, man. You see that one? Oh, I, I haven't right, seen so, it yet. All right, so the 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 well, the joke is Jack is doing like a a, a history a Black History Month essay, and he's want to talk about his favorite Black singers, and this so talks about Michael McDonald. I love Michael McDonald, and I. Uh, play with a roommate, and I was like, hey, man, I hear you talking, saying that Michael McDonald's a black man, and we go into a big argument. That's where, like, <laughs> <I was there. laughs> like it was, and uh, I'll, I'll shoot, I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you uh, when we get off here. Yeah, please do, uh, man. I remember like, the one, I remember the one last summer with you, uh, you knocked on the door, and you were like the, uh, 
the R guy, but with his shirt yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun fact: that was January when we filmed that, and I was right. And I was, oh. it was freezing outside. But Damn. hey, you're going for it, man. You know, it was funny. Yeah, man, for sure. It was funny. <laughs> Dude, man, like before we go, and I appreciate you hanging out. Could you no let the uh, let the people know where they can find you, Corey, on on social media? Oh uh, well, you can find me on Twitter, which I'm not on often. At Corey Perry, uh, I have one. I'm, my Twitter handle is so old, but like, you know, someone made me get it. It's like, oh, you got a MacBook? Get this widget. It's Twitter. So I was like, I'm using like one hundred fifty thousand or shit like that. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> I only have like hundred thirty tweets. Uh, <laughs> but you catch me on Instagram at underscore uh, Corey Perry. Find me there. Uh, I'm posting a lot of stories. Uh, I don't rant that much, but I, I'm posting funny mix and videos that I be seeing. On Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. That's right. On Instagram. Corey, I appreciate it, man. We'll see you later, all right? All right, bud. Be good, man. All right. Peace. And there it was, guys. Just like that. A podcast. Wow. We did it again, man. That's episode number 20-something. There we go. Plenty more to come, man. These things just keep chugging along. Appreciate you guys hanging out with the Badum Machine with Carl. Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, other stuff. Wherever you're listening, man, you found the right, the, the right one. You got the right one. All right. Appreciate it, man. Like I said last week, merch is on its way. So if you're interested in that, uh... Follow me on on the Instagram, which is CR3Podcast, and you'll get all the information you need about getting your uh Ching with Carl swag. So, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, see you later. <laughs>